Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
I'm so excited about this series that we're in called Stepping Outside the Boat. And uh, God had uh, laid something on my heart, and I said, Lord, we just told them last week to step outside of the boat, and this week you want me to tell them to stay in the boat. I said, Lord, what are you going to do to me here? They're going to be laughing at me. They're going to be making fun of me. They're going to say, what does this series have to do with me? One day this man tells me to get out of the boat. The next day the man tells me to get in the boat and stay. I thought to myself doing this series, this boat series, that it was going to take a while. This could turn into six months. This could turn into half of this year. There's so much that God wants to tell us. And I think that there's so much that we need to hear from God, especially how storms come and how life has a way of blowing us around and tossing us from side to side and how every single day of our life, there's some of you that don't, but there's a lot of you that do need Jesus every single day of your life. Now, for you that don't, we pray that this series brings revelation to your life. That you can't make it one minute without him. You can't make it one week without him. I've tried. Can I say this to you? There's a lot of us here that have tried to live our lives on our own. And we found ourselves shipwrecked. Man, I, 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 God was just revealing things to me this week. And I, sometimes you just got to let things play out. So that lessons can be learned. And lives can be changed. And. People can feel God and see God and hear from God. I thank God that sometimes, even in the storm, even in the, even in the, 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 the deepest waters, God still cares. I, I, I want to say to you this morning that God cares about your storm. Salvation is the boat. Hear me this morning. Salvation is the boat. Jesus Christ is the boat. Acts 27. If you brought your Bible this morning. Open it. Salvation is the boat. Jesus is the boat. How many people. Have heard of the story of Noah's ark. The Lord told Noah to build a boat. To save him from God's wrath. The boat is. Jesus Christ. Anything outside of the boat. Anytime anything outside of, of the will of God. Can cause you to go through God's wrath. I've been to God's woodshed. I don't like it. I don't like to go there. I don't want to go back. I want to serve him daily. I want to ask him to forgive me of my sins. I want to ask him for mercy. I want to live for him and not for me. Somebody say, not for me. The story that we're going to learn about today is not the story of Noah's Ark, but we're going to talk about both today. Acts 27, 30. Got my Bible? Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the prow. But Paul said to the commanding officers and the soldiers, You will die unless the sailors stay aboard the boat. So the soldiers cut the ropes and let the boat fall off. And the darkness gave way to the early morning light. Paul begged everyone to eat. 
You haven't touched your food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not, for not a hair on your head will perish. Then he took some of the bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged, and all 276 of us began eating, for that is the number we had aboard. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay on the beach and was wondering if they could get between the rocks and get the ship safely ashore. So they cut off their anchors and left the sea. Then they lowered the anchor, then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresails, and headed toward shore. But the ship hit a shoal and ran a, aground. The bow of the ship struck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves that began breaking the boat apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so he didn't let them carry out their plans. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make it to land. And then he told others to try to find it a plank and, and debris from the broken ship so that everyone could escape safely to the shores. Can I say to you this morning, we got to stay on the ship sometime. We got to stay in the boat till God tells us to get out of the boat. So many people today jump ship too quick. Here we have when Paul was being transported to Rome on a ship, suddenly a, a violent storm arose. There were 276 people in the boat. The first reactions of the sailors was to stabilize the boat, put down anchors, but it wouldn't help. The first reaction of the soldiers on board was to kill the prisoners so that they wouldn't escape. But Paul's life was so precious to God that the leader said, no, we ain't going to do that because then you'd have to kill Paul because he was a prisoner. Can I say this to you? If you're going through a storm, your life is very precious to the Lord today. He cares so much about you. If, even if you're entangled in your own prisons, Maybe drug abuse and alcoholism and anger and hatred and racism has caused you to be locked up and leave life. God has a plan for you. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. There was no way to save the boat, yet bought, but yet Paul told them unless they stayed in the boat, they would not be saved. The boat could not save them because eventually it would be broken up. But God would keep them safe until they would get close enough to shore. Then when it was time to leave the boat, the boat was broken up and the men were able to swim and float ashore. There's safety staying with the Lord. When God tells you to do something, there's safety in doing it. Even when you don't understand. Let me preach for a minute. How many understand what I'm trying to tell you? Sometimes we go through some stuff and we don't understand it. We don't know why we're in it. We don't know why this is happening to me. And God says, remain calm. I got this. How many hear me this morning? God says, remain calm. I got this. 
There are too many of you that fall apart at, at, at just a little storm that comes your way. God says, if you'll remain faithful in the little things, I'll make you over a lot of things. Paul was in this boat, and, and, the, and the first thing the guards wanted to do is say, let's kill all these prisoners so they don't escape. Paul wasn't worried, though, because if you read early on in the chapter, Paul, the Lord spoke to Paul, sent an angel and spoke to Paul and told Paul, don't worry, everybody on the boat's going to live. I was thinking about this, Miss B, last night. What if we just played the what-if game? What if we just played the what-if game, Tommy, with the church this morning? What if I told you, uh, don't go into that bank at 2 o'clock because it's going to be robbed? You probably wouldn't go into that bank at 2 o'clock and deposit your money because you wouldn't want to be robbed or held up at gunpoint. Let's play the what-if game. What if I told you that if you continue to stick a needle in your arm and do heroin week after week, month after month, year after year, eventually that poison that you stick into your blood system is going to kill you. If I looked you in your eye and said, brother, sister, you continue to do that dope, it is going to kill you, would you listen? Would you pay close attention to what I was saying? There are so many times I, I want to say, what if I played the what-if game with the alcoholic and, and looked at the alcoholic and said, look, man, you think a six-pack is no problem, a 12-pack, having fun on the weekend is no big deal, but what if you have a 13-pack, what if you have one over a 12-pack and you get in your car and you kill my wife and my baby? Sometimes, Somebody has to just look you in the eye and tell you the truth. Paul told them early in Acts, he said, don't take the ship, don't go. Look, stay here. God spoke to me. There's a big storm coming. If we set sail, then we're going to surely beat this boat up. You're going to lose all your possessions. You're gonna... I wish, I wish someone in your life was brave enough to speak to you and tell you, look, what if? You give everything to Jesus. All your problems, all your concerns. We uh, met a new man, a new friend, a new brother in Christ this week. Uh, his name is Jim. He's from Tilden, Texas. He's a friend of a friend. And Jim has been an alcoholic all of his life. He's been in prison ten times. Ten times behind drinking. And, 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 and one time he had a head-on collision with the mayor's wife and caused her to uh, not walk again. And he went to prison for that and got out and went to drinking again and got out and went to drinking again. They put him in a safe pee program. They told him to go to the Betty Ford Clinic. They told him all kinds of stuff, but he just wouldn't listen. Can I tell you this morning that safety's in the boat. Safety's with the Lord. And what's it going to take? To make you listen. What's it going to take? Look me in my eyes. I'll tell you. It's going to take for you to survive. Going with Jesus is the only way to survive this earth. It's the only way to get off of this earth. He is the boat. He is the salvation. Noah knew that. God told Noah to build a boat. Noah probably thought God was crazy. He said, what if I build this boat, God, and everybody laughs at me? God said, build the boat. I'm going to save your family. What if I told you, let's play the what if game. What if I told you going to church on a regular basis was to help your family? To change your life? So many, oh Lord, I almost said retard. 
So many retards out there say, I don't need church. Someone just this week said, well, I, I, I'll just stay at home and read my Bible. Let me say this. Going to church not only helps you, it helps your children, helps your wife, helps your family, helps your week get better. I did say retard out loud, Mary. So if we get an ugly email, you respond, not me. What if I told you that me and Mary and Justin Dalton are who we are today because we went to church? Found a relationship with Jesus Christ. What if I told you today that Brother Joey is who Brother Joey is today because he went to church? Brother Joey will tell you, he got baptized on Easter Sunday morning. He said, man, I was the biggest skeptic in the world. I, I didn't believe all this stuff. I, I thought preachers just uh, were in it for the money. I just thought preachers were in it for the fame and the glory and this and that. And the other. He said, but man, I understand now, Pastor, that Jesus had a plan for your life and he had a plan for my life. Joey gave his heart to the Lord, got baptized. Now he's in the boat. Listen, Noah, Noah, Noah had a to listen to God. What if Noah didn't build the boat? He would have died. The wrath of God is outside the boat. The wrath of God, Brother Lyle, for you, for me, for anyone else in this church is when we're outside the will of God. Listen, young people, teenagers, listen to me. There's going to be so much stuff that comes at you that didn't come after your grandparents. There's going to be so much stuff that comes out. Right now, you're exposed to pornography. You're exposed to so many different drugs. And we weren't, we weren't exposed to the stuff that these teenagers are exposed to today. That's why, church, that we need to be praying for our youth. Yeah, yeah, senior says, you may not understand them, but let me tell you something. You need to pray for them. You might not dress like they do or look like they do, and you may not understand why they're sagging and all that stuff, but you need to pray for them. Can I say something to you? My youth in this church don't understand poodle skirts. You couldn't get them to put on a poodle skirt. But if you was in the 50, you was probably rocking one. Butterfly collars and bell bottoms. Joe's got all that stuff still in his closet. If y'all want to dress, go over to Miss Linda's house. She gets her poodle skirt out once a week. What if Noah wouldn't have listened to God? Paul was on this boat. There was 276 people on the boat. And they all thought they could do whatever they want, live however they want to. Paul said, look, stay in the boat and everybody's going to live. Get outside the boat and you're going to die. The boat represents Jesus Christ. Can I say something to you? There's safety in the boat. There's safety in the boat. Noah built the ark. Noah and his family were told to build an ark and get in the boat. And at the proper time, he was also told not to leave the boat. Hey, listen to me. Noah was told to get in the boat, and God shut the door on the boat. I didn't know that till my pastor come and did a revival one time. My pastor come and done a revival one time, and, 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 and he stood up here, and he's a big guy with a big voice. And he said, and God shut the door. And I was sitting on the front row, and I was like, I thought all these years that Noah pulled that door shut, but no, God shut the door. And you know what he did? He sealed out everything. The wrath of God began to take place. And the only ones that survived were in the boat. 
And then that boat, listen, Donna, that boat was out there for a long time. Water was coming against it. Wind was coming against it. God was destroying everything on the earth and everything in it that wasn't no good got destroyed and killed. Can I say this in English? Everything that wasn't inside the boat probably went to hell. Everything that wasn't inside the boat never saw another breath, never saw another life this side. But Noah and his family, man, they just trusted God. They heard the wind. They were crashing. They probably looked at each other like you and I look at each other sometimes when we're going through stuff with bug-eyed and all crazy. Look, oh, my God. Can I say this to you? I go through some stuff, and, man, it makes me trust God more. I go through some hard times. It makes me depend on God more. I realize how real he is when the boat's rocking. I realize how, how, how real he is when I'm stuck in that boat till he tells me to get out. Stay in the boat. The boat's Jesus. Jesus said that I sent my only son. Jesus said, God said I sent my only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. Not that anyone should perish, but everyone should live. So I think that the Lord is here this morning at Cane Creek Cowboy Church, and he wants to take that life reserve and start handing it to people and filling this boat up this morning. Even though initially they thought they were going to die in the boat, the only safe place was the boat with Jesus. Jesus can calm the storm. When to leave the boat? When the apostles were on the Sea of Galilee, a storm arose with Jesus sleeping in the boat. They thought they were going to die until Jesus calmed the storm. Eventually, they thought they were going to die in the boat. The only safe plate was in the boat because that was where Jesus was. Can I talk to the quitter this morning? You got to stay till he tells you to leave. <laughs> I printed up a couple of towels in a series I preached here a while back called Don't Quit. Handed out those towels. Didn't charge a dime for them. Told my brothers and sisters to wave those towels at Satan when he tries to get you to quit. But don't you throw it in. Don't you throw it in, Sarah. Don't you give up. Don't you throw it in when it's tough, when it's hard. Bible stories and personal storms. Listen to me. They're going to rewrite another Bible, I believe, one day, and you and I are going to be in it. Old Mark Grimes, we sent him down to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. All of a sudden, the storm came. Every one of us have a personal story. A storm. There's cancer survivors in my church. There's people that don't drink no more in my church. There are women and men in my church that don't smoke or do methamphetamines anymore. Who hit the crack pipe once, they don't hit it no more. Why? Because they survived the storm. There are so many cases of people leaving situations when it gets too difficult. Storms come so that we can learn to overcome them. How can we face endurance and perilous times ahead if we cannot even handle the storms of life? And all people, say all people. Say it because we ain't going home yet. Say it all people. All people go through storms. Divorce. Divorce is a storm that comes. Child custody battles. Rebellious children. Missing children. The loss of a loved one. The loss of a child. 
job problems, job loss, a boss who can't stand you, sickness, dangerous neighborhoods that some of us have to live in, death of a loss or a loved one, wars, personal enemies. Anybody got any personal enemies? You know what I'm talking about. Storms come. <clears throat> this is where we have to trust God to get us through the situation. This is when we have to stay in the boat. He will help us gain victory if we don't give in. In every storm, God will show us some kind of boat to climb into. Who hears me this morning? In every storm, God will show us some kind of boat to climb into. For the man I told you about a while ago, Mr. Jim, all of his life, alcohol's destroyed him. Just about time he think he could do it on his own, he fell. Just about time he think he'd do it on his own, he was drinking two bottles of vodka a day. Just about time he thought he could do it on his own, he found himself in a two or three year prison sentence. Finally, he's out of prison now and been out of prison for the last year. Got <clears throat> drunk every single day since he's been out of prison. Got every drunk every single day till about five days ago. When he's, he's been feeling bad for about a month. Tracy, are you listening? He's been feeling bad for about a month, month and a half. He hadn't been feeling good. So he decides to go to the doctor. And the, and, and the doctor starts poking around on him and this and that and the other. And he starts telling him, man, I don't feel good. I'm up all night. I hurt. I ache. I can't eat. Doctor poked around on him, poked around on him, said, okay, uh, I'll get with you in a minute, this and that and the other. So he thought he was done. So he went up to the front to, to pay and was about to walk out the door. Doctor said, oh, Mr. Jim, can I see you for a minute in my office? The boat is God's office. He said, can I see you in my office for a second? And Mr. Jim said, yeah, I thought we were done. He said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, do you drink a lot? He said, how do you know? He said, because when I was poking around, see, sometimes God pokes around in our lives and sees things that are not right and calls us in his office. He's poking around on him, poking around on him. And he said, see, when I was poking around on you, I felt something, Dana. Your liver is not going to allow you to drink the way that you want to drink and live the way that you want to live. If you do not stop drinking, you will be dead in less than six months. It scared the mess out of him. Now, the prison didn't scare him. The, the, the incarcerations, people telling him and walking out of his life, he hadn't seen his kid in 14 years. None of that scared him. But the moment they tell him, look, you continue on in the way that you're living, you are going to die. It scared him enough to call and ask for help. You know, he called and he asked for help. And Jim said, hey, I, 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 I know a guy down in Conroe, Texas. And he supports a men's house that is doing some life-changing things. And 
I think if I'll talk to him and 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 and, and tell him to uh, to uh, uh, help you, he'll help you. See, there has to be some times in people's life. Grab hold of that. Come on with me. Where somebody will help you if you just asked. There has to be some times in your life where. <clears throat> grab a hold of that. Come on. Come on with me. There has to be some times in, in our lives where we have to trust that there is a better way. Get in the boat, young man. Go to the front of the boat. Young man, get in the back of the boat. Sit down in the boat. Sit down. Sit down. Y'all not leaving. It can be a little scary in the boat. But in every storm, God will give us some kind of boat to climb into. It may be a personal group, a support group, a, a interfaith program. It may be a church somewhere that you walk in and you feel that there's something different about that place. There's security and God opens up doors for you. We are to grab hold of that boat and stay there and trust God. He is our real boat. How many believe that this morning? How many are saved by the grace and the mercy and the love of God and times and troubles still come our way? Janet, grab hold of that. Take Beverly with you because she's always scared of everything. Come on. Oh, we're going to scare you now. Grab hold of life reserve. Come on. God wants to get people in the ark. Y'all got to scoot over. Both of y'all get in the front of the boat. We're not Catholic here, Jan. Don't be doing that stuff like that. What's the matter with you? And it's like, hey. Scoot over, Dalen. Scoot over, man. Beverly, sit by Jana. Scoot over. Sometimes people talk about escaping the boat, running from their troubles. Can I walk around the church and touch people in their head that like to run from their troubles? Can I walk around the church and trust that God will let me tap on those heads who run from trouble, who, who don't seek to do it God's way, that want to do it their way? Now, I wouldn't want to put anybody else on the spot this morning like that, but I will. Because I know in my heart there have been times in my own life where people were telling me, hey, don't go there. Don't do that. Quit. You shouldn't do those things. And I didn't listen. Even though they were throwing me the life raft, I wasn't listening. I, I wasn't paying attention. Come on. Ella, I told you I had you in the boat, girl. Tommy, grab that boat, dude. That anchor. Charity, why don't you grab that with them, girl? Come on, girl. Don Horner, since you're the oldest in my church, grab hold of this life raft. I don't know if you're the oldest, but you look the oldest. <laughs> See, I'll pull you to the shore. God will send somebody your way to get you out of the storm, help you out. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's Mary. Maybe it's Brother Vic. Maybe it's the new elders. Maybe it's Todd and Rachel. But whatever it is, God's got a plan for you, and he wants to see you make it to him. Make it to him. Say that. Y'all get in that boat. No, you're not. I, I, I don't have I don't have a excuse time. Jump on ship. 
Ella, you get in the middle in case this thing starts rocking. Charity, get in there with her. Don't fall, Don. Tommy, you come on back here to the back. I'm not scared a bit. Go ahead and have a little seat, Tommy. I got you. Right there, cowboy. Now, I could probably go around this boat and say these people's lives are better off with Jesus Christ because somebody threw them a life raft. And they probably overcome things in their life. And it's because of Jesus Christ because he cared about them. Someone cared enough. You know, there's somebody. Who's here because somebody invited you to church one time? Look around. Pay attention. God cares about you. He sent somebody to tell you about his one and only son, Jesus Christ. People talk about escaping, about running, relocating. Can I say this to you? If your plan is to run from something and relocate from something, your problems will find you. I've run a lot of years in my life. You know, when I wrote all them hot checks and took off, my life was a mess. I was in relationships that weren't working, and I was hanging out with people who had no desire for my good. And I thought to myself, if I'll just pretend I was going to think about getting in here. But if it goes down, I was thinking I'm going to go down on my own. So I decided to run. I wrote $40,000 worth of hot checks and chased my dream of rodeo. Went running around the world rodeoing, having the time of my life. But you know when the money ran out, I still had the same problem. I still felt abandoned all my life because I never heard my mama tell me she loved me. I felt mad at God because my dad died when I was five. So I carried bitterness and anger. And you know when I got out there to California and I was in Fresno and I rode a bull in Cleveland, Ohio, one time at a Billy Bob's in Cleveland, Ohio, I was in that place. I was still a drunk. I was still violent. I was still using God's name in vain. I run all over the world. And I still had no relationship with God. They finally, after all my running, caught up with me. And they gave me four years TDC. I got into prison. They took me to the Gurney unit. Then they moved me over to the Hughes unit in Gatesville. Spent 18 months in a maximum security facility over there. One of the worst facilities in the world. But I still, still wasn't sold out to the Lord. I got out and I said, look, I got to change. And I went to change, and I met my beautiful wife, and we had two beautiful kids, and I still was missing something. I was missing a boat. The boat represents Jesus Christ. And some of you are here this morning, and you're missing the boat. God's got great plans for you, but you won't surrender your life to him. Teenager, look at me. You will not surrender your life to him. You want to play your own games. You want to take your life. Listen to me. His wrath will come. The ark was to show you that the wrath of God is real. So many times he's going to throw it out there. So many times he's going to toss a, a lifeline to you, but you're, you've got to grab hold of it. I can't grab hold of it for you. She can't grab hold of it. She can't grab hold of it. She can't grab hold of it. You have to grab a hold of your own life reserve. Now, let me say this. If you do not grab a hold of that life reserve, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You will die and spend eternity in hell. 
English, English, easy to understand, but hard for some of you to swallow. I stopped playing games with God. I stopped playing games with God and fell in love with Jesus. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. I'm done. Listen to me. We have to understand that the devil and his minions are everywhere. So any location you try to run is still going to be an unsafe location unless you're in the boat. There's shelter from the storm. Listen to me. The ark, the boat, what Paul says in Acts 27. This is good preaching this morning. What Paul said in Acts 27 was, look, you can do whatever you want to, but an angel showed up, told me, if you'll stay here, you'll live. But if you get out, you'll die. If you'll stay with God, you'll live. But if you get out, you're going to die. You know, I was thinking about that this morning. I, I was thinking about that, the shelter that all those animals experienced. How many heard the story of Noah? We're two by two by two by two by two by two. Some of y'all are animal hoarders, and I know y'all got two by two by twos and twos and twos at home. <laughs> Don't point no fingers at nobody, Ida. <laughs> two by two by two by two. Can you imagine being on that boat, knowing his family, his sons, and knowing his wife and his sons and their wives, and all of them was on the boat? And they were probably looking around and saying, well, you know what? God only cares about us. He cares about all these animals. So I was thinking about the shelter that was in that boat. And then I remembered a, a scripture that God had taught me a long time ago that said, don't I care about the sparrows? Don't I feed the sparrows? And if I care about the sparrows, I care about you more than I do the sparrows. I, I want you to understand there's safety in the boat. Their shelter. The Lord knows that not everyone can leave where they want to. In fact, most people will not be able to relocate because they're just not able to do that financially. But listen to me. Some of us are going through stuff right now. We know that financially we can't go to California unless you write $40,000 worth of hot checks. I don't recommend that. Just telling you. I got the t-shirt and everything. There's some boats that, some things you're going through like disability and financial and stuff that you can't relocate from. But I can tell you this, God will build you a boat where you're at. Even the midst of the dangerous place of this earth through trials and tribulations that we go through God will come and build a shelter. Matter of fact, it says in the Bible, he'll wrap his arms around us and cover us. And Psalms 91, 7 says, A thousand shall fall to thy side, and ten thousands in their right shall, but not one will ever touch me. God cares about you, brother and sister. I went out to California one time, and I worked on, uh, me and Mary were married, we had boys, and there was a uh, 
oh my goodness, there was a uh, big fire out there in San Diego. And man, this thing was, how many ever seen a great big fire destroy a town? <clears throat> i never seen anything like it. Oh, they grabbed hold of that. Why don't you take your cousins with you? Because they just got baptized too. Let's get them involved. Come on. Come on. Oh, Mary, you wanted to come too? Come on. Come on. Come on, Mary. Come on, grab hold that boat. I'm just checking to see where your faith is. If you guys on the boat had a chance to save these people, would you do your very best to say, would you, Chris? You just got saved yourself. You just joined in the church, right? And would you have a chance to save this man if you could? All right, y'all scoot over and make room for him. Get in. Wherever you can get in. Somebody get back there. Somebody get there. Come on, y'all not. Tommy, let him crawl over you if you have to. Mm-hmm. We're better together. That's my motto. Here, Mary, you always want to run something. Get right here. Come on. That's a joke. That was a joke. Come on, baby. She said, wait till it's over. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. Jump. Sit down. Yes, sit down. I got you. Come on, sit down. Don't squat down. We got to have faith here. Sit down. Come on. Ride at your own risk. Woo, I heard some cracking. Don't breathe. Listen to me. A thousand shall fall, ten thousand at my right hand and at my left hand, but nothing inside the boat can come against you. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can harm you. I'm done. Listen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thy God comforts me. Thy wrath cannot touch me. My enemy sets, a, sets and prepares a, a, a table and, and, and God says, you know what? Set there. Nothing's going to happen. Hold on to that, will you? Listen, I was in California, and I saw neighborhoods, personal belongings, burn up in fire. Listen, listen, I'm done. I would see, Brother Danny, Tens houses burnt down and one standing there with nothing on it. Nothing happened to it. I'd go to the next block, Lyle, and I would see three houses standing in different areas and everything around them burn up. And I was thinking about that. And I was saying, God, why do you want me to tell them this story? And I think he was telling me because there's a bunch of people out in this world that are dying and going to hell. But those that are with the Lord will not burn up. They will survive. So let me ask you one question and I'm through. If you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven? Have, don't shake your head. That's between you and God. If you died today, would you go to heaven or would you spend eternity burned up the wrath of God in hell for the rest of your life? Separation. Or have you made it to the boat? Are you there? I trust God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't trust God, would you place your life in his hands this morning? Shh. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're saved right now, you should really be praying for those that are not.
Because outside of this boat is the wrath of God. Outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will surely perish. Let me ask you, have you prayed and asked Christ to come in your heart and meant it? Pray with me right now if you haven't. Or if you don't know for sure if you died today, you go to heaven, pray with me right now. Let's secure that. Let's get this life-changing thing underway. You get in the ark. God will put you places and take care of you for the rest of your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Don't you look up here. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God will take you places that you never thought you'd go. Do things with you because he loves you. If you're here today, pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I want to live for you. Pray with me right now. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Change my heart, oh God. I want to live for you. Come into my heart and save me. I make you my Lord and Master. I give my heart to you today, Jesus, and I mean it. If you prayed that with me, would you let me see your hand? One, thank you, Jesus. Two, three, four, five. Don't leave out of here not having a hold of the boat. Six, God's telling you to raise your hand. Raise your hand. Seven, God bless you in the back. Amen. Amen. You just know now, you seven, that God loves you as much as he loved Jesus, he sent his only son for you. Welcome to peace. Welcome to joy. Welcome to happiness. Welcome to eternity with Jesus. Oh, God, it's been good. If you're here today and you're not experiencing that peace, if you're not experiencing that joy, there's things in your life. You know you're secure. You know your salvation is good. But you just need to grab hold of the boat. Get up right now and come down to the altar and share with God. We're going to play one minute. Get up right now if there's things that you need to bring to the altar and talk to God about. Amen. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Just get up and come down to the altar at this time. Oh, yes. Amen. God's calling you to rededicate your life. Get up and come down and get your hands on the boat. Get around the altar. Pray to God. I'm going to let them pray. Come on. Amen. There's no shame in getting up. I could care less what the person sitting next to me thinks about me. I need to be right with God. God bless you, Mr. Tim. God bless you, Darlene. God bless you, CJ. Y'all get up. If God's telling you to come and rededicate your life, there's some areas that you're having trouble with, you need prayer, come. Give it to God. Oh, Lord. A famine will hit your area, but God will help you find food. A disease will come your way and spread like wildfire, Revelation says, but you will not be plagued with it. Have faith in Him who remains over all things. Who reigns over all things. The Lord reigns. The Bible says that whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. Submit yourselves to Him this morning. God bless you. God bless you. 
you at this altar this morning. God hears your prayers. He's helping you right now, this very moment. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this series. We thank you for the lives that you've touched here this morning. Bring us back in our spot tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.